recorded live. God, we thank you tonight, God, for this line being cleared, the airways being cleared, that we'd be able to hear you speak to us tonight, God. We take control of the atmosphere. We take control of the stratosphere. We take control of the hemisphere. We bind the works of the devil right now, Lord, that he has no movement on this line. We open the ears of the hearers, God. We meditate their heart and permeate their heart, Lord, that they be able to hear your voice tonight, God. And each and everything that will be said, God, it will be godly unto you, Father. It will bring glory to your name, God. It will magnify your name for who you are. The word says, Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. He's the Lord of lords. He's the King of kings. He's our Savior. He's our Redeemer. He's our Deliverer. He's our Master. Hey, Master. So, God, I thank you tonight, God. Bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ Jesus. Every word that will be spoken, Lord, let our mind, that in the mind that was in Christ Jesus, Lord, let it also be in us tonight, God. I'm asking you to renew our thinking, God, in you, God that we'll be able to hear your very thoughts tonight, God. And not only hear your thoughts, but we'll be able to walk out what you put on our hearts tonight, God. We'll be able to do the things that you've called us to do. So we thank you, Lord, in advance for you showing up and showing out tonight, God. I ask that you just plead the blood of Jesus over this line, that no hindrance shall come, God. No hindrance shall be on this line, but it'll be the very best of you, God. And, God, that you will be glorified on this line, God. Your people will be edified on the line, God. And the devil will be nullified. Mm. There'll be tricks and traps that he has tonight, Lord. And we set it back to where it comes and let it stick there, God. Ah, shenamasiti debasiti debokoya. Mandore kasaya. Lord, we love you tonight. We bless your name. We bless your name tonight. We bless your name tonight. We bless your name tonight, God. We bless your name tonight. Uh, I give you glory tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, God, I give you praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, God. You are worthy. Yes, my God. Ah, he is worthy. You are worthy to be praised. Open this line tonight, God. We're making it conducive for your spirit. This is the only spirit that we want on this line tonight, is yours. Lord, I ask you to send on those that need to hear your word tonight, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Oh, God, you said he's going to make your name great. Jesus. Mandore basundi asaya. Woo, shena kataya. Yes, yes, yes. 
what the word of the Lord is saying to us tonight and talking to us personally, hearts, our hearts. When I say soul, that is your mind, your heart, and your will. See, we don't have a will. Our will is supposed to be God's will, and his way is supposed to be our way. So tonight, we're going to find out what God is really wanting from us. You know, we have lived in so much tradition, traditional things. We we move in tradition. We move in the traditions of men. We move in doctrine of men instead of doctrine and tradition of God. Uh, we follow behind the things of men. It's men that always put uh, things president for us to do and you know, there are laws, and laws are made, and constitutions are made, and this is the way that we tend to live our life. Uh, in my church, I, I teach, and a lot of times I teach about the culture, the allegiance to your culture. Uh, my culture is not African American. My culture is Jesus Christ. It's the way I live my life and, and who I live my life unto. So I consider my culture Jesus Christ. And I consider the things that I do is mandated by him and the things that he has spoken in his word for me to do in order to live my life here on earth. Um, I'm not, uh, I, I know upon salvation my life is eternal, that I'm going to have an eternal place in, in the Lord, uh, in heaven, as we say, you know, as we see heaven because we all have our own uh, fixations of what heaven is going to look like to us, and we have all these different types of things that we think is going to happen in heaven, and I don't want to be a, a, a buster tonight and bust bubbles on people's thoughts of what they feel about heaven. That's, that's another topic and another sub- subject that one day I'll probably get into. However, I do want to talk about my culture of me being in Christ Jesus and allowing myself not to be led by the traditions of man, but by the traditions of God. And so tonight we'll be talking about those things, but before I get on and I want to give the uh, the call of time to get into it because it's like 9.04 and, you know, it is 9 o'clock at night and some places that's calling in, it's a little earlier, so people are still probably trying to get their things done and, I want to give my little time, so I'm going to tell you a little bit about Girl Talk. If you've never been on Girl Talk before, Girl Talk is a place that we discuss real issues, real life issues, real circumstances and situations. And uh, this is we do this to come up with some solutions on how to be able to move forth strong in our everyday life. Uh, as women, God has given us a awesome task. And our task by God is to stand in beauty and strength, you know, and usually when you put those two together, you kind of figure out, well, either I'm going to be beautiful and not strong, or I'm going to be strong and not beautiful, but God didn't say that. God said he put us as beauty and strength, because we are strength, and that we are helpers to the men that's around us in our life, whether it's your husband, whether it's a brother, whether it's a friend nephew, uncle, or just someone that you just meet in your everyday walk because we are encouragers for them. We are cheerleaders. We are to push them into the place 
of where they're supposed to be. That's why God pulled us, made Adam first, and then he made Eve. Uh, do you think there was a reason why he did the order? I think because the man is really the strength of the relationship and the woman is more of the detailed part of God, of the, his mind that we move and we shift, we birth. That's why we are the carriers of children, because we birth out things. And so we have to birth out these things in the men. Again, if the Lord is your son, whether it's your husband, whether it's a, uh, a male that you meet, we are to encourage him. And sometimes it, this can be very stressing for us. This can be very challenging and can be downright overwhelming to us. So um, God gave me this venue uh, to allow women to come on in a, in, a, in a place that they can come in confidence and talk about the things that overwhelms them, the things that keep them from functioning in the place that they need to function in. Sometimes we get burnt out. We get burnt out doing the things that we should be doing in our everyday life. So on Girl Talk, you can question, you can comment, you can gather information to help you attain your goals as a woman of God. You know, I always ask that you, if there's something that's particularly that you want to talk about or you want to hear, that you send in your topics to us, and we will talk about it. And I try to have uh, God is opening the doors that I'm able to have now have a few guests on to teach different topics. It's not always me teaching, because uh, sometimes I want to listen to. I want to hear what God is saying, what thus says the Lord, you know, and it's not always people think that we have to uh, open up a line and just start prophesying over people in order for us to hear the word of the Lord. That's not true. The Bible, the word of God is Prophecy itself. Prophecy is truth. The Bible is truth. So sometimes we just need to hear the word of the Lord in aspect, and that's your prophecy. That's the prophecy that you have to learn to work in your life. The truth of God is what you need to know. Um, our scripture tonight that I uh, got, that God gave me, as I was sitting here waiting for people to come on the line, I usually use Romans 12, 1 and 2. Um, we do know that, that scripture, and we should know it very apparent because it's one of the mandates God gave us, you know, for us not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So tonight I want to use another scripture that kind of coincides with that, and I'm coming from Romans 8. 29, uh, 29 to 30, 29 to 30. And I'm reading from, so it's going to sound a little different from your King James Version or your New King James Version. I'm reading the Living Bible paraphrase, and it says, for, for, for from the very beginning God decided that those who came to him and all along he knew who would, should become like his son, so that his son will be the first with many brothers. 30. And having chosen us, 
He called us to come to him, and when we came, he declared us not guilty, filled us with Christ's goodness, gave us right standing with himself, and promised us his glory. You know, and some things said God predestined us. He predestined. He knew from the very beginning who was going to come to him. He knew. And when we came, he justified us. It made, he made us right in him. He gave us right standing when we didn't deserve right standing. We can't work for right standing. God had to give us right standing. And those that he gave right standing, he glorified. You know, I hear people always talking about, I need God's glory. We are his glory. We are his glory. When we come to him and he changes our life, that's the glory. That's the glory of God. He said, you are my witnesses to who I am. You are my witnesses to who I am. So I'm not going to delay a little long, any longer. I want to, and whoever comes in after us, they can come in. But I'm ready to get some of this word that's going to come to my tonight. It's coming from my sister in New Jersey, a very capable woman of God. I'm not mentioning any titles because she told me not to mention titles. Uh, Very capable teacher of the word of God, very uh, prayer warrior. Um, I call her Dr. Jacob. That's what I call her. I call her Dr. Jacob. Uh, She's going to come on tonight, and she's going to be talking about debriefing from the traditions of man. So I'm going to see if she's on the line so we can get ready to hear. I ask you to grab your pen, grab a piece of paper. Please have, I ask you to B-Y-O-B-B. Going back in the world, it was bring your own brown bag. Today, it is bring your own big Bible. So this is what I'm asking you to do, bring your own big Bible. We don't need a brown bag. We need a big Bible today. So I'm calling on my sister, uh, Dr. Jacobs, are you on the line? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I know she didn't like that. That's why I did it. Uh, I'm ready. I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. You can take over from here, and you can just go ahead and go the way that God is leading you. Amen. I'm, we're ready to listen. Uh, good evening, um, ladies and gentlemen, if there are any on the call. Um, well, just women. Oh, beautiful. Okay. Hello, my sisters. How are you this evening? Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. How are you? How are you? Where are you in the spirit? Where are you in the emotion? Tonight, we're going to talk about debriefing from the traditions of men, and I'm going to be very literal. So, to debrief. As um, Prophet Gordon told us last week, was to interrogate or to obtain useful information. So tonight, God is going to walk with us by and through His Holy Spirit in obtaining useful information relative to the traditions of men. And so, when you debrief, you have to decompress. Um, the opportunity last week was presented to us to really work through and process. Um, sometimes I watch Ayanla. I don't ascribe to 
<clears throat> her theology, but her methodology is very helpful. And she says, you have to do your work. Prophetess um, mm. Gordon says, you have to walk the work out. Yes, the work is finished, but you and I have been charged with walking the work out. So we partner with God. We partner with the Holy Spirit. We're in covenant through Jesus Christ, and we work in concert with each other, humanity. Um, it was mentioned that God created um, us. He created them male and female, and he created us with the ability to procreate after our own kind. So we create in after our own kind when we have children, when we create organizations, mm when we create relationships, when we create clubs, when we create business entities, there is a culture, there is a, a code relative to how that relationship, that business, that church, that nonprofit or, or uh, organization runs. And that is the code that it uses. So a tradition, I'm going to use three definitions that I got from Merriam-Webster's. Traditions first are an inherited, established, or customary practice or pattern or behaviors. And it says in parentheses, as a religious practice or social custom. Mm. An mm. inherited, established, or customary practice pattern or behavior as a religious practice or social custom. That's what yeah. one definition of tradition. Another definition of tradition is the handing down of information, beliefs, and customs by word of mouth or by example, procreating, recreating after its own kind. The, that, or, or customs by word of mouth, by example, from one generation to another without written instruction. There we go again. We're procreating, and, but it's done mm -hmm. in tradition. It's not done intentionally necessarily at all times, but it's done traditionally and it's done automatically. And if you look at your life and you honestly look at your life, no matter how you feel about your mother or your father, you will see some of who you are in them if they were a part of your rearing process. If not, Amen. you will see some of the behaviors and whoever reared you today present with your saved, sanctified, anointed self. There is a, a tradition that was given to you and to I, you and me, as my um, uh aunt, the English instructor, told me today that we just inherited. It just happened. And then culturally, traditions are cont continuity of social activities or customs and instruction. Notice there's no nothing, I didn't give you any scripture about anything. We are just talking about traditions, the traditions of men. And when I say men, I mean male and female. Um, there are certain things that we do as women. There are certain things that we have been known to do and not do as women of God. Or maybe we do them, but we don't have safe places to really work through processing the things that we're proud of, excuse me, that we do, and the things that we're not so proud of. So when someone asks me who I am, 
I'm Valerie. That's my name. So I have to specifically ask them, well, when, what, who, who is you, your family? Then I'll tell them where I come from, who my children are. And then if you ask me who my circle is, there are some women and a few men that I can tell you that are in my inner circle that help to hold me accountable for being who I say I want to be. And the one thing that I am in all of those places that I intend to be is consistent. Um, and there, that to, in order to be consistent, we talked about that a couple of weeks ago, it requires that we're really self-aware of who we are. And that's being authentic. That's not fault. That's not imitation. And that's being true to your own personality, spirit, or character. So, again, mm-hmm. we've talked about debriefing from the traditions of men. There are some traditions that are absolutely wonderful. And there are some traditions that are absolutely counterproductive when it comes to being naked and ashamed before God. Because he ought to be the one we can always be naked and ashamed before. And if he wanted us just to be in relationship with him, then he would not have created mankind and given us the ability to procreate. So the question is, who are we inside of the traditions of men and customs? If I were stripped of my title, who would I be? Who would God know me to be? Who would you know me to be if I couldn't put a handle before or after my name? If I didn't have a PhD afterwards or a D-men afterwards or a um, MD afterwards or a DSM or a BA or a BSM or a DR before my name, who am I? And I think the thing that we do our, um, unintentionally is that in our commitment to really pursue what we think God wants, we mistake the will of God for the, for the traditions of men. And I'm not speaking against church. I belong to a church. I have a wonderful pastor. I address him as pastor so-and-so because he is my pastor, and he happens to be 14 years younger than I am. Um, and and I, because he holds that office and I honor that office, I respect that office, I would never address him by his first name because he is my pastor. You understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So... When God is asking us, how how are we going to, um, what infor- useful information are we going to get from traditions? I believe the question for us tonight is, what are we going to get from traditions that helps us to mature and be authentic inside of who we're called to be in God? And what traditions of men actually hinder us from being Uh, who we are in God. There's some places that I go, there's a certain attire that I know I have to put on before I'm invited there to speak. And out of respect for my assignment, I always ask the senior person, um, what is 
what is the dress dressing attire. And it's not so much, it, there are two, it's two reasons. First is to respect the culture of the house, that tradition, because you cannot um, transform or influence anything that you disrespect. So if I disrespect where I'm vulnerable, if I disrespect where you're vulnerable, if I disrespect where you or I may be broken, then I don't have an opportunity to transform it because it's going to become locked and unavailable to me. And so it is with our emotions and our traditions that we've picked up just from living and, and pursuing our call. You know, when I hear sometimes people ask uh, folks, how how you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. And then my next question is, yeah, but how you really doing? How are you? Mm. Mm. How are you? What is it in the culture of Christendom that prohibits us from being naked and ashamed? Now, I'm not saying that you or I are supposed to bear our dirty laundry with everyone, but it is my understanding that this particular venue was created for us to be naked and unashamed. I believe there were some ground rules. What what happens on the call stays on the call. Um, You can be transparent. You can invite others to be transparent. You can ask questions. But if we go through this in a programmatic way, then it defeats the purpose for which God gave the vision to this leader. Hello? Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I'm hearing what you're saying. So what is a tradition? Anybody other than me can tell me what a tradition is? Well, I just believe a tradition is a way that you have just been doing something for uh, years, time after time after time, you know, family generation after generation, you just continue to do something a certain way. Uh, And that's how it is. It might be right or it might be wrong, but you still still, uh, continue to do it. That's the easiest way for me to break down what tradition is. It's something that we have been doing for generation after generation. It may not be right, and it may be right. You know, uh, sometimes I feel that some of the things that we do uh, as we were taught, we were taught, you know, uh, I I think, I don't know if it was you or someone that said something about uh, the tradition in their home was to cut the the turkey in half or ham in half or something and put it in two pots. And so everybody just continued to do this. And finally, one person finally said, well, why do we, why do we cut the, the two halves, the ham in half and put it in, in two pots? And the person just really, the reason why it was being done, because they didn't have a pot big enough to put the hams in. So people just kept, you know, the family just kept doing this because mama did this. So they thinking it was this is something how you had to cook this this uh, 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 this dish, and it was the only reason why she was doing it like that is because she didn't have a pot that was big enough, and now it went down generations after generations of how to cook this. So this to me 
is what tradition is. It's something that has been established inside of us, whether it's good or whether bad, whether we understand it or whether we don't understand it, we just continue to do it and never ask why we're doing it, but we just continue to do it. That's tradition to me. There it is. Does anyone else have any comment on terms of what a, the traditions of men would be? Um, this is Sister Flores. Um, I believe tradition for me is something that uh, it's a belief and uh, something that maybe we grew up with and uh, a, let's say has been passed by, let's say, uh, I don't know, a mother giving like uh, a necklace to a daughter and the daughter giving like, yeah, some kind of things like that. And I say something yeah. that you grew up also, yes. Yeah. That's wonderful. Thank you, sister. Anyone you else want to? And again, we're not saying that traditions are right or wrong. What mm-hmm. we are asking is, is, is that we would look at where traditions of men hinder the flow of God. Um, and that, in church, that, in church, excuse me, I'm sorry. I, would, I, I think that's the very point is that we, we sometimes try to take the traditions of our, what we are uh, out of our generation and take them into God, the way that we have been taught to do things uh, we, in God. And this is what I started off with as culture. Uh, we are the culture of us is in Christ Jesus. Um, what I learned, and I'm going to use myself because, you know, uh, I come from uh, Indian background uh, on one side and white on the other side, so, and black on, you know, black and white and uh, Indian and black. So it's like uh, there's tradition. Even in the South growing up, they had traditions that they did. There was rituals and things that they did. So each, you know, each generation would just grow up doing something that they, that, 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 that the family was taught to do. But when we come in Christ, we need to leave those things behind. We need to leave the traditions behind unless this is something that God has ordained for us to do. We need to find out what God wants us to do. And I think that's why, you know, what you were just getting ready to make a comment on, you know, we sometimes try to take in our traditions that we learn from our family into God and it becomes twisted. We can't twist God. How, how many ladies on the line have heard what happens in this house stays in this house from somebody that raised them? Oh, always. <laughs> Any, anybody else? Is just three of us on the line? I think it's, yeah, right now, yes. Okay, all right. So, yes, what what happens in this house stays in this house. And what who are who were we, we, we protecting? Because I don't know about your house, but in my house some things were happening that were not necessarily helpful for me. Yes, no? Uh. There is, there's, I think in some of, um, I think 
some things um, that was there because I think all of us have dysfunctional homes. For some type of way, it was a dysfunction in it. So everything was not good always. You know, some things happened in my life that I wouldn't want to carry on into another generation. You know, some things happen I've seen in my family line that I wouldn't want to carry into another generation. Now, there's some things that I would like to, uh, I was given a, a standard of morals that was placed in my life that I should believe in, you know, and I think that was, you know, pretty much what I kind of try to govern my life by today. And I think they stand in with God because, you know, I heard it. My mother, her favorite saying to me, don't lie because when you lie, you'll steal. When you steal, you'll kill, you know. And when I came into God, I pretty much see that God does not, he despises liars. He despises liars indeed. And definitely he said you can't because you murder and you can murder. You will murder, not, not to murder. You know, you can murder a person's character by lying. You can steal the very essence of their being by lying. So that kind of stuck with me through my life. And so when I did some things, I realized, you know, this is not what you're supposed to be doing. So there's some values that I learned in my life that I would keep. But then there's some other things I wouldn't keep. Right. That's good. So the question, thank you for that. And and um, if we do an honest assessment, that's probably where we all land. There are some things that were very beneficial and still very beneficial. And traditions help us to have a sense of value and worth relative to our culture, to our family of origin, um, our, our worship community. So they are there, like you said, there are times when traditions are very beneficial. But um, if, you know, the big question for me is what denomination is heaven going to be? But we have all of these denominations here, these sects of Christendom in, in the earth. But tradition can be very, very helpful in terms of our spiritual formation and, and, and our confidence in who we are. And tradition can always be very, also be very hurtful. I happened to grow up in a tradition where women were not allowed to do anything but be a deaconess. So when God says to me that there are other things that I want you to do, and a deaconess was not one of those things that he listed, I had a conflict that I had to wrestle with. Was I going to be loyal to the tradition that I was raised in for years, the tradition that I was baptized in, or was I going to create a space in my life where I would follow what I believe God's leading was in my life? And I didn't do that on my own. I didn't um, become a spiritual long ranger. I start spiritual counsel from those that have been walking in the Lord that, that I could trust, that God provided to help me to work out 
you know, what is this thing that I'm, I'm called to do? And I can, I can say safely that one of the, the primary purpose for my life is to use the word and the conversations, God conversations, to foster emotional healing. Because we can be a professional or ministerial success and be a private failure. And when I say that, I mean there are lots of times when we have amazing congregations that love us and they are loyal to us and they are supportive to us. But the people that we dinner with or the man or woman that we sleep with every night that we're in covenant with has a very hard time dealing with who we are because tradition says often that this is who I have to be. And it it doesn't always follow God's order. Family was what church grew out of. And and family, God created family first and then church. But so many times we forget about our family when those of us that have our family and we spend all of our time in a church culture and we ignore the fact that we were given family. Now, I'm not saying that family is more important because Jesus told the man when he said that he had to bury a loved one, let the dead bury the dead. So it, I'm, I'm not saying that we're supposed to dismiss our, our responsibilities, but I am saying that we would do ourselves well to question what traditions are in my life that foster my growth in God and those that I'm in fellowship with and what traditions are in my life that are barriers to me becoming the woman of God that God's called me to be. Hmm. That's food for thought. And so I just have a few questions. Do you have any questions? Any anyone on the line? Can God trust us to move in agreement with him if agreeing with him opposes our family traditions or our church traditions? And I did say traditions, not scripture. But as a Christian, not all Christians believe this, but I believe that the scripture rightly divided, and I use I put that in there because that's what has to happen, that scripture rightly divided is the inherent and infallible word of God, that it is timeless, that it is true, and that it still works. Some In some places and spaces, tradition trumps what God's word says. And then As a result, we're not able to be an authentic body or an authentic um, group because there's an expectation. Tradition says pastors don't say how they really feel. Pastors don't get tired. Prophets prophets and prophetess always prophesy. They always feel good and they're always happy. and they give the word, and there's no there's no inner tension that that exists. Um, tradition would tell us that you're supposed to be very stoic 
and um, always available for everyone else to air their concerns or distress on. But who is it that you can do that with? My, my pastor said something on Sunday. It's, can your friends spot you? And for those of you that work out, spotting is a term that weightlifters use. When they're lifting weights and they're heavy, they're very often large amounts of weights, like four in excess of 300 pounds. And so a 200-pound man lifting 400 pounds of weight would need someone to spot him. And so it is in our walk with God. There are different weights that we carry, all of us, whether we own them or not. Life comes with weight. Life comes with grief. Life comes with disappointment, some external, some internal, some from our family, some from our frenemies, some disappointment from ourselves, and those things become weight. And so who is it in your life that can help you lift the weight? Does does your tradition allow you to lift the weight that comes with life? Do the traditions of men that you've adopted allow you to carry your assignment that God has given you? Mm. That's food for thought. What do you believe about your traditions? Do you do traditions blindly without an understanding as to why that is a tradition? Or you do traditions with confidence, God confidence, that this is a legacy. Like my sister said, this is a piece of jewelry that we traditionally pass down in our family. Um, I noticed that there's a tension and I'm speaking from a Native American and African American perspective, there is a tension very often um, that American blacks navigate with greater difficulty than blacks that are directly here from one generation um, or that have a generation where they've been raised um, inside of their culture there is a confidence that they exude. Um, whether it's uh, accurate or not, there's a confidence that they have about what they're doing and how they move through life that has been broken in the African Americans because of years of different things that happen culturally. So we get to decide with God what traditions are helpful as we move through our assignment and what traditions are not. And the, the scripture says um, in uh, what, Psalm 51 and 10, mm-hmm. um, David is talking. And David was an honest, he was an honest man of God. And David said in the New International Version of Psalm 51 and 10, he said, Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing 
spirit to sustain me. Create in me a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So David was really crying out to God to create in him a pure heart because, I use this scripture because traditions aren't something that are necessarily pondered. We just read the definitions. They they get passed down. So if we're not careful, our heart will become traditional or ritualistic as opposed to broken and pliable in the Father's hands. And our heart is the center of our emotions. It's our feelings. It's our mood. It's our passion, our affections. That's that's the heart that I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So when I have been trained by tradition that when someone asks me how I'm doing, because I have a certain title, I say I'm blessed and highly favored, that tradition doesn't allow room for me to say I've really had a really long week and I'm exhausted. It it really doesn't allow me to say I I really need some help because I've been caring for my loved one for years without any respite. It doesn't allow me to say um, I'm struggling with the fact that my husband continues within infidelity to me and I don't know what to do. It doesn't allow me to say I have the AIDS virus and I've been living with the AIDS virus for years and I cannot share that with anyone because that tradi- my tradition would reject me from being naked in the shame or having a pure heart. And I'm not implying that we're supposed to share our very core or deepest secrets with everyone, but I would say with confidence that we are supposed to be naked and unashamed before God. And when we start with that relationship, when we honestly tell him that, like, there are things that he's trying to get to us, but our traditions keep us from receiving them. So when we start with that first relationship, the vertical relationship, uh, all grow from the horizontal relationship. And sometimes there are relationships that we need to let go of. That all comes from really interrogating and obtaining that useful information in terms of what I do traditionally or ritualistically because it's expected or because it makes me, um, as my uh, one of my mentors said, it allows me to have a painted-on Jesus. And by that, she meant it's just like a plastic form of godliness where I go through rituals because that's what's expected. But there's no place where I can exhale. Because it's expected that I'm just going to continue with the traditions that have been outlined for me as opposed to being vulnerable and really searching in my heart to see what is there. And it may be nothing. And it may be something. There may be insecurity there. There may be low self-esteem. We may have pursued education and credentials because we thought that we were not valuable. 
But Psalm 139 tells us that we are valuable and that God knows our innermost thoughts. And when you sit, if you decide to take on this challenge, and I'm just um, offering an, a suggestion that not just you, but me, on a regular basis, will look and see where my traditions or my, my thoughts or what tradition means hinders my movement in terms of what God wants me to do. Maybe your ministry is totally untraditional because the Great Commission was go ye into the world. It was not convert them to your church member. Maybe you have a ministry to toddlers or to teenagers or to special needs uh, uh, children or young adults. Um, maybe your ministry is actually outside the four walls of the church. And if that's the case, has tradition made you feel that what you're called to do is diminished? What is, where is that sweet spot, that thing that you would do if no one ever paid you for it? You and God know what it is, but traditions can have us think that if it is not something that is on the main um, circuit, that it's not valuable to God. Hmm. Wow. You know, as, <laughs> as, as you're talking and you're talking about this thing, sitting and listening and hearing God, and I have to apologize because my system went down, and so I don't know who's on the line. You know, uh, sometimes we run a call and everything is just going. You know, I love internet and I love all of the great things about it. You know, I'm listening, and all of a sudden, poof, everything was gone. So now I had to get on my phone so I could get back in to what you were saying. So I have no idea, you know. Uh, just hearing what's going on. But as I was um, listening, um, the Lord took me to Hebrews 10. And he talks about here, he says, the old system of Jewish laws gave only a dim foretaste of the good things Christ would do for us. The sacrifices under the old system was repeated again and again, year after year, even so, they could never save those who lived under those rules. If they could have, one offering would have been enough. The worshipers would have been cleansed once and for all, and the feeling of guilt would have been gone. But just the opposite happened. Those yearly sacrifices reminded them of their disobedience, guilt, instead of relieving their mind. I want to skip down to verse. Um, Eight in that same chapter, it says, after Christ said this about not being satisfied with various sacrifices and offers required under the old system, he then added, here I am. I have come to give life. He cancels the first system in favor of a better one. Under this new plan, we have been forgiven and made of God dying for us once and for all. So in that, listening to that and reading that and God taking me to that, it let me know 
that we don't have to live under those things that that is not there's not life in them for us, not life in them. That's why Christ came and died and resurrected again, so that we will have life. And the things that we need to practice is the things that give us life. If it's not giving us life, we shouldn't even be practicing it. I don't care if it's a family tradition. If it's not giving life to you, what's the sense of doing it? What's the sense of doing it? So what I practice today in my life is Christ Jesus because that gives me life. Me passing, you know, I know we have little things, you know, well, when the family, we, we, we're going to do this because this is what we did in our culture growing up. And again, as I said, as when we got on, the culture that we're supposed to be in, the tradition that we're supposed to be in is Christ Jesus. You have left the bloodline of your original bloodline that you came out of, and you in the bloodline of Christ Jesus. So the way that you used to do things, you no longer do. You have to do them in Christ Jesus today. What does Christ think? What is it? What is it that's giving you life today? And that's like you just said. It's Christ Jesus that's giving me life. So all the other things is, is null and void. They're irrelevant to me. They irrelevant. It's irrelevant that that I, I you know that there uh, that I I was born of the Indian culture, and there's Indian culture you know in me. That's irrelevant to me now. It's irrelevant. I don't. I don't live in 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 the of uh, the aspect of a Cherokee Indian. That that that's that's not there. I don't live in the aspect of an African American. I live in the aspect of that. I live in the blood of Jesus. Now, does that take me out of the body of who I am? No. But my thoughts are different today. That's why my mind has to be removed. That's why he told Abraham. Leave all your family and all that stuff, those traditions that you learned behind so I can show you a better place. And this is what Christ did. He gave us a better place. So I know for me, and this is just a burden thing, I'm not telling you to do it. If that's not what you feel that you want to do. Uh, but for me, my culture, my way of life, my traditions are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. And um, I I didn't mean to imply that traditions were bad or good. Sometimes they're neither. They're just traditions, and That's they create they create I, right. I I just wanted to make sure that that wasn't the what I left on no, the call. Leave that. You didn't leave that because you you said that in the very beginning. We're not saying traditions is wrong, but you know my tradition again. What do I believe in? I believe you. You said when you said traditions is something that you believe in, something that was passed down. If you pass something down, the Jews taught uh, uh, their children about uh, coming out of the uh, Exodus and coming out of uh, of Egypt and. That's what they taught their children. That was the traditions they passed down about the God that brought them out of out of out of Egypt. You see, that was a tradition for them. And they, then they had other things that they put into that as well, which was not uh, uh, substantial to Christ Jesus. You see what I'm saying? So 
it's the same thing with us. We are born and we are raised up in our families, and they have taught us. Uh, my mother taught me about Jesus, but she carried, she, she did little rituals. She, you know, put salt and pepper over and things in her shoes and all kind of stuff like that. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, as a, you know, as a child, I didn't pay it any mind, but coming in Christ Jesus, if I believe in him, my faith is in him, I don't need no salt and pepper in my shoes. I don't need to throw no salt over my shoulder. You know what I'm saying? Because he has me covered. He has me protected. So that's why I said some of the traditions and some of the things that we learn, it's is, is not relevant in Christ Jesus. Now, passing a piece of jewelry down in your family, uh, you know, that, that's something, I mean, that's, that's just a generational thing. That if that's what you want to, you know, like you have something that you want to leave for your grandchildren or something like that. I don't see anything wrong with that. I don't see anything wrong with that. But some of those things, like you said, you didn't say it was good or bad. I said the same thing. I said that traditions could be good and they could be bad. Some of the traditions that we carry could be good. We might not understand them, but they could be bad and don't even understand it. Sometimes we don't even ask why that we do something, but we do it. But when we have crossed over into Christ Jesus, some of the things we have to look at, we have to take a look at some of the things that we do. We We really have to take a look at it. When you are a follower of Christ Jesus, some of the things that you have learned and the behaviors and the things that you had growing up, you have to look at that and look and measure it by the word of God. Is this a God thing or is this just a good thing that I'm doing? See, because we're supposed to be gathered and doing God and being obedient to God. And 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 you know, I I that that that's my my stance on it. That's my stance on tradition. Um, I don't see too much in my life uh, that I was given that I would stand on as tradition. You know, uh, I have morals that I was given, you know, but as far as that I have to do something this way or I have to do something that way, I I don't have any of those things. I don't have any of those things. I'm free from that. I'm free from all those. You know, some people ask you, I got to sleep on this side of the bed or I have to get up because this, this, is, this is what was taught to me. This is what I have to do. You know, mm-mm, I don't have to do that. I don't have to do that. And to me, that's what traditions are. You know, we can have, like you said, they can be good and they can be bad. It depends on how you see them. So that's and, they can, and, they can, and they can be neutral. Exactly. The, 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 the traditions that are not helpful are those that oppose us from moving forward in what God desires from us. And sometimes inside of the Christian community, um, my observation is that it's not a place to be safe, vulnerable, or authentic because we are so out of touch with who we are um, outside of traditions and rituals that um, we don't feel comfortable sharing anything that that is inconsistent with that and and there 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 is a balance i believe I believe the healthy place the God place to stand is where we own all of who we are um, 
where we are filtering our our emotions, our feelings, our moods, and our passions through the scripture and through what God is speaking to our life, how we feel about um, our traditions or the traditions that we operate in. And, you know, we may have traditions that we're not even aware of. Um, there's, there's, there's certain things that are imposed upon church leaders that have been imposed on church leaders through tradition. And I believe that's a large reason why there's so many pastors that are leaving the pastorate daily and some are, are deciding that, you know, eternal life is better than this life because they have not taken a grace place to really examine their heart and their emotions and their own feelings and their own passions. They're not in touch with that because it's buried underneath all of their pastoral obligations. Hmm. Well, see, and, and, and then here we go back, it's just, that's the same thing, that this is something that's been taught and you've been taught this way. Uh, my My pastor taught me this and her pastor taught her that, and his pastor taught their pastor, and it goes back down the line again. You see what I'm saying? Does anybody ever question, is this a God thing or is this just a good thing? And that's what we have to really, you know, like you said, does it make me move forth in God? Does it hinder me from God? What, you know, where does it lead me? You know, following this tradition, what does it do for me? Does it does it does it uh, uh, put me in presence of having the mind of Christ? Does it? Then if it does, then it's okay. But if it doesn't, I need to drop it. I need to let it go because again, we're not taking our things into God. We're supposed to be taking God into us. And Amen. I think that's the biggest thing that we have the hindrance is because we want to take our things into God and not take God into us. So uh, I, I, I enjoyed what you were talking about tonight and giving us the uh, aspect to look at what we do, what we say as being a, uh, being, being a tradition for us. Is it, a, is it something that will keep us moving in God or will it hinder us from our presence to God? So that's something that we all have to look at tonight. And uh, Dr. Jacob, Dr. Bowles, <laughs> I thank you for your. I thank you tonight for uh, your word. And I'm just, I'm just kind of a little upset because I wanted to capture this, you know, on tape. And it's just like everything just uh, quarter to nine thirty-seven. Internet just went down on me, and I'm unable to get it back up. But I thank God for having the telephone because I do everything on the internet and through Skype. I call in through Skype, and it just dropped me. And but I was able to call back in on the phone, and it's just a, a fact that I won't be able to capture this on tape. But I thank you for talking to us tonight, and um, before. We kind of move on a little bit because we at the ten o'clock hour, and I just want to, pray, but want to give somebody chance. If you have something, a comment, you have a question, uh, something that you might not have understood, 
I just want to give you a chance to, to, to put it out here and uh, talk about it. Amen? Amen. Okay. Um, so. I want to say something. Um, I'm very happy that... Uh, um for for that moment because um you know i learned that uh tradition can be good and can be bad and um because i experienced that with uh when i was younger uh with my mom um you know there is like tra- uh, african tra- tradition she used to do certain stuff to us but I don't think she knew that um, she was just doing it like that. But when she received Christ, she completely stopped. And I have three sisters, and uh, she used to do that to me and, my, and the one that comes after me. But one day I asked her, Mommy, but uh, you did that to us, but why you didn't do that to the other two sisters? And she said, no, no, because it doesn't have any meaning. I was just doing, doing that because it was like um, – African tradition, but, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't see that it, it, it's not bringing you something, you know, it's not bringing you something, and uh, that's why I stopped, you know, and, uh, yeah, I'm very happy that uh, we had that talk today, and God bless you, woman of God, uh, for for bringing that topic today, and, uh, yeah, thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me, and thank you for contributing. And um, I just want to invite us to really search out what it means to be authentic. What does it mean to be true to your own personality, your own spirit, and your own character? And I'm going to add, as God has made you. So when people engage you in a conversation, do they experience who you are authentically, or do they experience your tradition? or what you think tradition has imposed upon you and them. Wow. 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 You know, and that's, it, it, it's funny that you just, with that, it's not funny because it's the spirit of God, uh, that you leave us with that because this is pretty much what we have been talking about for the last, we've been on Girl Talk for maybe three months, maybe going into the fourth or the fifth month. Of girls, and it's, it's ending tonight again with that same place. What do we, how do we represent Christ into the earth realm? What do they see? Do they see him or do they see our tradition? Do they see us or our tradition? I thank you for that, um, Dr. Jacob. <laughs> uh, Prophetess Lydia, are you on the phone tonight? Well, I'm going to we at the 10.04 hour. Uh, Dr. Jacobs, if you just close this out in prayer, and then we're going to say goodnight. Master God, we just thank you for your faithfulness in our life. We thank you for how you are so very patient with us and how your Holy Spirit works in and through us. We thank you, Father God, that you are persistent in your pursuit of us. And we tonight give you our heart, the center of our emotions, our feelings, and our passions and affections. And we ask that you would grant us grace to search our heart 
and that anything that is in there that impedes our progress in you, that you by your Holy Spirit would remove it. I ask that you would give us members in your body that are safe places for us to be naked and unashamed and transparent so that we can go from glory to glory and that we would truly be fashioned after you, the one true living God. It's in the name of Jesus who is the Christ that I thank you in advance. Amen. 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 Thank you, my sister. Thank you, my sisters, for coming on tonight. And get us back here next Monday because we will be talking, and it's kind of in line about what we were talking about tonight because we still will be talking about, we were talking about soul ties. And that's mm. kind of, the soul ties is kind of put into tradition as well. So we'll be talking about soul ties. I thank you again, my sister Valerie, for the night. Everyone have a good week. I love you all, and God bless you. 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 All right.